0: Everyone, welcome into the basketball podcast of Mid America. Today is Thursday, January 11th, and the Arkansas basketball team is 0 2 in SEC play. Uh, the Razorbacks most recently lost 76 66 Wednesday night at Georgia, a game they showed some fight in, you know, just four days after getting really blasted at home by Auburn by 32 points. Uh, but you don't get any bonus points in the win loss column, you know, in SEC play for how the game looks. Both count as one loss, and Arkansas is 0 2. I'm Ethan Westerman. Thanks everyone for uh, tuning in. I'm joined today by Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Blake Sutton, who he's there in the back running the board for us uh, guys. Thanks for, for hopping on and guys, we've seen some mid season turnarounds for the Razorbacks under Eric Musselman, but this season just seems like he might have his work cut out for him a little bit more than years before.
1: Yeah. Eric's talked about that. I, we, we've asked him about it um, because they've, like you say, the last three years they've gone to two Elite Eights and a Sweet Sixteen when they they had rough stretches, including an 0-3 SEC start, and um, which they're staring right down the barrel at that. Going, to, you know, they're in Gainesville now. They went straight there from Athens, but you know, Eric Musselman has talked about this. This is obviously a different team. It's a different feel. He's said multiple times this team doesn't resemble his previous teams in terms of you know toughness and grit and the ability to guard, you know, play uh, intense defense and stop dribble drives. And so um, obviously it's still early in the SEC play. We've got 16 conference games left and there's the SEC tournament, at least one. Everybody gets at least one SEC tournament game. So there's a minimum of 17 games left. So there's time and opportunities to turn it around. But uh, you know, not, not a promising start at all, getting blown out. Worst home loss ever to a college team by Auburn, 32-point loss. I'm sure everybody remembers the old Phillips 66ers, 1951-52 team, what they did to Arkansas, and beat them by 35. And then, uh, you know, Georgia's a solid team. Mike White's done a really good job of uh, building up the roster, and, and you know, they, they're they 10-0 at home now. And so, um, you know, that, but that's a good one for Georgia, Arkansas. You know, if people have paid attention the last three years, Arkansas blasted them by, you know, 30-plus points. So, um, you know, that was a winnable road game for Arkansas. They had their shots. Uh, honestly, did, you know, literally and virtually had their shots and missed. And so being 0-2, going to Gainesville, it's not, not, not a good way to start.
0: Yeah, Blake, I know you're a big basketball guy. Just um, from these past few seasons with – where Arkansas has really turned it around after rough starts um, in conference play with Eric Musselman, you know, um, you know, it, you kind of grow accustomed to just that's kind of how they do it. But this year it just feels a little bit different, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, and we talked about that. I mean, even ever really since the UNC Greensboro game, we've kind of talked about that. Like we this is, you know, not uncharted territory for Musselman. We've seen this before. You know, a couple of years ago, like when they got blown out by Oklahoma and lost to Hofstra and lost to Vanderbilt, and we, we've seen some slow starts. This one definitely does have a different feel to it, and like Bob said, you just set a, a negative record for worst home loss in history. And it, it's a yeah, it was our first, Arkansas first conference game against Auburn. That's kind of become sort of a budding rivalry in the conference. I think everybody expected Arkansas to look a lot better than they did. And as far as being here before, Arkansas hasn't been here before under Musselman. So now we are in uncharted territory as far as how bad this beginning of this season has been. And when you try to look for positives, you don't really see it's. It's funny. In the past, obviously Arkansas's offense is really bad. They haven't had a great offense under Musselman. You know, they're usually hovering there around like top 50, top 60 in the country. But their defense would be so good that it made up for it. Now you don't have a good defense either. So it's really hard to see what this team does well. The offense is bad. The defense is bad. They turn the ball over too much. Uh, the past few games I've watched the announcers make note about them leading the, or being top in the country or getting to the free throw line, but now they're not hitting free throws either. So, so yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to find a bright spot on this team right now.
0: Yeah, Bob, um, I guess what are kind of your thoughts right now of just where, where Arkansas is at? I mean, you're staring at, like like we said, not super unfamiliar territory with start of SEC play struggling, but because of the non-conference that they had, um, you know, it just seems like if they're going to turn things around, it's got to kind of be now.
1: Yeah, you know, they played a very tough non-conference schedule and there's no disgrace or shame in losing to Memphis and North Carolina or to Oklahoma, all on neutral sites. You know, Bahama's a little different than Tulsa, but still neutral sites. Uh, But in, in, you know, Oklahoma, that really wasn't as close as it, at 79 to 70, it was a 19-point lead. Of course, Eric got ejected for the second time in three trips there. And, uh, you know, North Carolina—they actually led that game at halftime, I believe—and they lost by 15. Of course, Tremont Mark had an incredible game, and then hurt, got hurt late. And thankfully, he's back and healthy, and it wasn't a serious injury. But and then Memphis—you know—that that was that would have been a great game for Arkansas. Again, they couldn't get it. And then the Greensboro um, loss that Blake alluded to—that was Eric Musselman's first non-conference loss at Arkansas. I think it was his first non-conference home uh, Not his first non-conference loss. I mean his first non-conference home loss. I don't count Hoster being North Carolina. I'm talking about Walton Arena. So, yeah, this this game does, or this season does have some, some bad firsts, you know. Worst home loss ever to a college team. First uh, home loss non-conference. And so, um, yeah, it's tough because Arkansas, they went 8-10 and 10 last year and still made the tournament because they had some really good non-conference wins. They'd be San Diego State um and, and um and they they'd beaten Oklahoma and uh you know this this year they don't they they got the Duke game and I'm sure there are a lot of people me included saying how how the heck did they beat Duke without Tremont Mark their leading scorer who was hurt they beat Duke where's that team and and they really haven't looked that good except in that game
0: yeah. you know talking a little bit about Tremont Mark I want to stick with with him a little bit just rehashing a little bit of what happened last night, uh, like we said at the top, Arkansas loses to Georgia set, uh, 76-66 last night, but Tremont Mark, he was really, he was a bright spot. It seemed like in the second half, he was um, really kind of putting the team on his back, at least from an offensive standpoint. Um, you know, he was really good from the free throw line. Um, he's so good at that pull-up kind of mid-range shot. Uh, just what, what did you make of his kind of, you know, he, it seemed like he was at least giving the team a chance last night.
1: Yeah, I thought he was great, and he didn't hit a three. He was 0 for 4, but 24 points, seven boards. I think that's right, three assists, three steals, three block shots. I mean, that that's filling up the box score. And um, if believe me, if, if they'd gotten more guys playing like him, they probably would have won that game. And he's been a, a pretty consistent player most of the year, scored pretty well. Um, he, of course, he comes from a, a winning culture at Houston. You know, he played there for three years. Start, I think he started every game last year. For a Houston team that was ranked number one a lot of the year, was a number one seed. You know, uh, Houston knocked Auburn out of the NCAA Tournament last year in their second-round game in Birmingham. I think he had 27 points. And if he'd have played that well (laughs) in Walton Arena, it would have been been a different kind of game. But, yeah, he just didn't get get enough help last night. I mean, uh, Trevor Brazil played okay, you know, nine points, six boards, I think. And Jalen Graham gave him a bit of a lift off the bench, nine points in only 12 minutes. But... You know, Blake talked about the free throws. He was one for six. Eric might have felt like, well, I can't keep playing him because he's going to keep missing free throws. I don't know. He only had one board. That's usually a sore point is that he needs to get more boards, at least in Eric Musselman's mind. So, yeah, Tremont was tremendous, Um, but he just didn't have enough help last night. Yeah, another big
0: thing that just stood out about last night's game to me was just, um, you know, Tremont. He he had an outstanding game, like we said in so many areas, but. The three ball wasn't falling for him. I think he was 0 for 4, um, but it wasn't falling for anybody. I mean, to, to shoot three, three of 21 from three-point range, like, that'll get you not just – I mean, in, that'll get you in any game in conference play, but much less on the road. Like, that's just really hard to overcome. And, you know, one of the guys who's been so dependable for him, you know, from kind of giving him a jolt beyond the arc this this year has been Caleb Battle, and it's he's he's kind of had a few just real struggle games recently, I guess, Um Blake, he's a guy that we've talked about a lot on the podcast before, um, you know, what do you see the difference in this team whenever, you know, whenever you have that confident Caleb battle who's scoring and then opposed to, I guess, kind of some of this little funk that he's been in recently?
2: Yeah, it's funny, you know, early in the season, we were talking about like he he could possibly be the leading scorer on the team, and then for a few games he was, and I remember early in the season he, when he was making big shots, you know, he's blowing kisses to the crowd and and he was a really fun player to watch. You just haven't seen that in the in the past few games. I don't know what's really happened with him if if it's a confidence thing or if it's a issue of you know, um not letting the game come to him. It seems like it seems like when he gets in the game he has this mindset of like I'm the scorer. I need to go score. And and is trying to like make the game come to, come to him instead of letting it come to him. And you see that a lot with a lot of the decisions that he makes as as far as iso ball and his decisions to go to the rim and his shot selection and stuff like that. What I would like to see out of battle is just some more team basketball instead of thinking he's got to be the guy. When I'm when I'm on the floor, I got to go score. Um, he, he's not the only option out there. But yeah, he's definitely in a in a funk right now, and I mean the the whole team seems to be kind of in a funk, maybe except for Tremont Mark. Um, but yeah, it's it's it de- definitely a different feel from Battle in the in the past four or five games.
0: Yeah, I like what Blake said there a little bit, of just like, and I don't think it's only you know Caleb Battle, but Bob, does it feel to you a little bit like the team might just be pressing a little bit too much on offense? It seems especially. Um, I know they they really struggled in the first half last night. Um, It just seemed like nothing was really clicking. Does it seem like at times they're just maybe overthinking out there? What what are you seeing from, I guess, an offensive standpoint?
1: Yeah, I I think pressing is probably a good way to put it. I I think they all have good intentions, and I don't think they're necessarily trying to play selfishly, but you see probably a little too much one-on-one. Obviously, if they were creating more turnovers, they could, you know, that would lead to more open court opportunities and fast break points. That, but they're really not playing elite defense, as we've alluded to. And so, um, you know, I thought Menafield he looked like he was forcing some threes last night. Of course, he scored 32 a couple games ago. And even against Auburn, he was kind of a bright spot with 14 points. But he only played, he started, and I think he only played a minute in the second half. And Eric Musselman just talked about how he struggled against bigger, stronger guards in the SEC. And of course, you know he's a. He, well, I talked to Keon a couple weeks ago. He said he's 161, which is, I think he was 150 last year at Washington. How could a guy play major college basketball 150? You know, just the string beam. But, but he did that, and he said, you know, and you thought he was going to redshirt this year, but I, I definitely understand why they played him when he when he got his waiver. Uh, Approved or whatever the NCAA does, and he got eligible. He really made a big difference in those games. And Eric said if he'd been eligible all year, they, they would have won some more games. But, you know, he's struggled in SEC play. Uh, obviously, the whole team has really wouldn't be a 0-2. But, um, yeah, it just looks like there are too many guys, uh, like Blake said, kind of looking for their shot. Not, not uh, you know, Eric talked the other night against Auburn. They only had 165 passes, and their goal is like 200 minimum and they're having more turnovers and assists, and that's just a clear indication they're not getting real good ball movement.
0: Yeah, and last night, I mean, really, they they it was a fine offensive half in the second half for them. I know they, they scored 24 in the first half, correct? And then second half, I guess, I'm doing quick math, 42? 42, 42, yeah. 42 points in the second half. So you'll take that second half, but really the first half just kind of set them, I mean, they trailed by 10 at the half, and they lose by 10, so that tells you that, you know, the difference really happened in that first half, and it just seemed like, Arkansas's best offense in the first half was honestly on their own misses. It was um, because Georgia's not a great defensive rebounding team, and um, Razorbacks were getting some second chance looks. I know Jalen Graham had a few stick backs. He got fouled a few times, but couldn't convert from the line. Um, Just felt like that first half, everything was difficult for Arkansas, and that its its offense was all coming off its own misses. While, meanwhile, a huge story in the game was that Georgia, they were. Converting they were getting points off Arkansas's turnovers. So mistakes Arkansas was making on offense was leading to Georgia's best offense.
1: Yeah, I think the final count was twenty-five to ten points off turnovers in Georgia's favor. And it's funny because Arkansas had fifteen turnovers, which is not good, nine in the first half. Eric said ten last night in his postgame presser, but I think he was and I'm sure he thought that's what it was, but it was like it must have looked even worse to him than it was in reality. So they had nine turnovers. In the first half, six in the second. But you know, Georgia had 13. But the difference was, Georgia was able to convert Arkansas's turnovers into far more points. Outscored them by 15 in that in that category. And you know, they win by 10, and they outscored them by 15. So, between the turnovers and all the miss miss threes, I mean, those were the two categories where Arkansas really you know did itself in.
0: Yeah, and you know, Arkansas had a chance there uh, late in the game. They they really clawed all the way back in the second half. Hit some. Um, Tremont Mark, like we said, kind of carried the team. But they did hit a few – like Jeremiah Davenport hit a corner three that got him within 60 to 57. It's a three-point game. And then, you know, you had your chances. And it just felt like, to me, like really the big the, – the the time the game swung in a way that it wasn't going to swing back to where Arkansas had a chance was uh, – Arkansas has a chance to go tie it. I think it was Kalif Battle misses a three. On the other, then down on the other end, um, there you know George's guy who he'd been held very quiet. It still was a quiet game for him, but Jabriya Dur Rahim, um, he catches a, a very low pass and somehow just gets it into shooting form very quickly and knocks down his lone three of the night. I just felt like that was a big killer. That kind of sequence.
1: Yeah, it was the only basket of the night. He was he was one he was of seven. And I think 0 of 5 on threes before he hit that, he'd had two free throws. So he finishes with five points. He averages about 13. So, you know, Arkansas did a good job on Georgia's leading score. But when Georgia really needed a three, you know, Abdul Abdulrahim hit it. And it was – I don't know if it was a backbreaker for Arkansas, but it was a huge – it might have been Georgia's – I think it was their biggest basket of the game given the time and circumstance. You know, if he did not hit that – Arkansas gets the board. They've they've got another chance to go down and tie it. And then I think when you're Georgian, you're home and you've blown a 13 point lead, you're feeling all the pressure. Arkansas is you know fighting back and kind of be loose. And so I think the the pressure would have really shifted. But you know Georgia literally led that entire game. I mean, except for the first 58 seconds, I think you know they scored, start off 6-0 lead, and you know Arkansas was playing from behind virtually the whole night. Blake, I know
0: that you've talked about this in the past some. Where it's just something it's like you wanted to see from this Razorback basketball team is just responding to adversity a little bit. Um, you know, of course, Saturday did not respond to it well at all. I mean, they get, uh, they give up some points toward the end of the first half, going to halftime down seven, and then just the second half was a total, I don't know, other, what other word than disaster for the Razorbacks. I mean, it was just ugly. Um, but, you know, last night, I know, we're trying to take some, I guess, moral victories here, you know, they did get down 10 at half, and they made it a game, you know, in the second half. Got it, like we said, down to three points at one point. Just, um, you know, is there anything you were encouraged by, I guess, the fact seeing maybe Arkansas respond a little bit? I mean, I know they didn't come out with a win, but at least they didn't, you know, just fold up like they did against Auburn.
2: Yeah, and, you know, after that game against Auburn, I mean, that was, that was really embarrassing just to even see them come back against Georgia, and not that this is like a – I don't want to pump sunshine or anything, but Georgia – I think they've won like 10 games in a row right now. Georgia's hot right now. And, yeah, to see them be down by 10 at halftime and then to claw their way back and have a chance to tie it late in the game, yeah, I mean, that's that's encouraging. But I don't know, man. It's like to be down – to only score 24 points in the first half and to be down by 10 against Georgia – a team you beat last year by thirty plus, um, yeah. I mean, you you can kind of say that that's encouraging in a way, but I don't know the, the the combination of how they played against Auburn and then and then to lose against Georgia, um, I just can't. It's just really hard to <laughs> to point out anything positive. And you know, we we also talked about how they're not really learning from their mistakes. I think that was really magnified in the Auburn game. I lost track of how many times an Auburn player would just have a clear lay into the basket and get a dunk or an easy layup or a lob. They've been – Arkansas's defense has been bad about that all year. And one thing I noticed, and this just kind of goes back to playing team basketball and trusting your teammates. One thing I noticed in the Auburn game, the on-ball defender sometimes, they – it was almost like they were anticipating the ball handler to make a pass, but the guy they were passing to is already covered. But the on-ball defender would kind of anticipate the pass and just get out of the way, almost playing like this Olay defense, because they think it's going to get past, uh, you know, to to another player, and they're just they end up just getting out of the way, and then it's just a clear lane. So I feel like they need to trust their their teammates a little bit better, and to To do that, to kind of anticipate that pass, it kind of shows me that they're not really trusting their teammates to defend, and so they're they're trying to go ahead and get over there and help just in case. But what ended up happening was they're just getting out of the way of the ball handler, and then that guy has a clear path to the basket. So, um, I just one thing I noticed uh, against Auburn.
0: Yeah, talking a little bit more defensively, I guess you know that's been just really the harping point. Um, So often this year is just this team isn't whenever you think of a a Muscleman team, like you just don't think of poor defense like in the past. And this team's just really kind of struggled to defend. Have you seen, though, um, you know, bouncing back from that Auburn game, how we talked about how they just didn't respond well at all in the second half? um, And then yesterday, I mean, was it in your head, do you think that the defense at least maybe played a little bit better than than we've seen recently?
1: well maybe a little bit I, yeah. I mean i don't think georgia's an elite offensive team but they they have some scores they've gotten some some good guys out of the portal and um but um you know it's, we say talk about how arkansas scored 42 in the in the second half well that's great well so did georgia yeah. uh, and you know and georgia got to the line and you know, they knocked their free throws down they obviously knocked their threes down i think they had eight more threes or no they had they had nine. Okay, they had six more threes on our, That's eighteen points. You know, I mean, that or you look at the points off turnovers. Oh, those two categories just have to keep coming, going back to them. That Arkansas didn't take a better advantage of Georgia's turnovers, or didn't do a good job of stopping Georgia when, when when they got turnovers. But you know, maybe their defense was a little bit better. I mean, they didn't give up eighty three points. They only gave up seventy six. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, you just feel like this isn't going to be a good. Defensive team. I mean, at this point, 16 games in, you know, literally halfway uh or one game past minimum halfway. I just I don't think they miraculously turn turn into a a really good defensive team. And, and there's not as good a team I think as we thought they'd be. I think they have individual talent. They're just the the parts haven't been as good as the sum. Doesn't I mean it can't happen because you know Eric's going to keep and his staff are going to keep coaching these guys and these guys. You know they they want to win. They didn't come here to lose. Some of these guys have never played in the NCAA tournament, and um, and also they're kind of auditioning. where they're auditioning for NBA teams or G, you know, to, to play in the G League or to go overseas or to go in the portal and want somebody to want them. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's, you know, if these guys don't 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 get things going, there's not going to be you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing for their futures right now too. you know, different degrees of that. Yeah.
0: It certainly feels like, like we said, how this just feels a little bit different from those other years where Musselman teams have really turned it around and kicked it into gear. And we've seen those great postseason runs that they've had, but it does feel like if they are going to be able to do any of that this year, um, you know, it's going to have to start with figuring it out on the defensive end and Namely, kind of defending without fouling. That's, I can think, kind of what led to that 42-point half for Georgia last night was the the refs started calling it a little bit tighter there in the second half. You saw Arkansas pick up a lot of early fouls and Georgia get to the line and make their shots. So we'll see, um, I guess, if if Arkansas can figure some things out on the defensive end because that just keeps on being the bugaboo <laughs> time and time again. Um, of course, last night the, the shooting didn't help the offense <laughs> the offense wasn't there either, but you just feel like at least I feel like they probably aren't going to make any sort of miraculous turnaround until the defense really starts to clamping up a little bit. Um, Bob, before we get out of here, just want to ask you, um, I know we talked a little bit about how they're already in Gainesville. Um, that's up next for them at Florida on Saturday, uh, 4 PM game, 3 PM.
1: I think it's 3 PM. 3
0: PM game on, I think. <laughs> on Saturday afternoon. Um, it's two teams that are 0-2 in league play meeting each other. Um, I know Florida played last night as well, correct?
1: Right. They got drilled at Ole Miss 103-85. to They played Kentucky really tough at home on Saturday, lost 87-85, I believe it was, and then went to Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, you know, had been undefeated. they got and drilled at Tennessee. So, you know, Ole Miss was, I'm sure, loaded for bear. And Chris Beards put a nice team together there. They have Alan Flanagan from Little Rock, the former Auburn player, and so some other good players, and the yeah, Ole Miss took it to them. Ole oh, Florida it was kind of, if you look at the boxes, kind of similar. I think Ole Miss outscored Florida 24 to eight on points off turnovers. They blocked 16 shots. Well, one Ole Miss player uh, blocked nine. Um, and so Arkansas has been a pretty decent shot blocker. Team Eric Muscle will tell you part of the reason for that, or maybe a lot of the reason for that, is because they can't guard drives, and so guys are always driving into the lane, and so they get some shot blockers like. Of Brazil or Chandler Lawson or Mackay Mitchell, so um, and then you know the Florida didn't shoot very well last night. So 2 and own, two, own two teams coming off coming off road losses that already had opened with a home loss. I think the pressure's a little more on Florida because they're at home, and if they lose their own three with two home losses, if Arkansas loses their own three with two road losses. So, um, but two teams desperate for a win, and somebody's going to finally get their first SEC win on Saturday.
0: Yeah, do you know anything? I guess about Florida, any of their players, any guys to maybe watch?
1: Yeah, they, they hit the portal pretty hard. They, their, their portal class was ranked. Their top three scores right now are all transfers. Walter Clayton, who if people really follow college basketball may recognize him. He's from Iona, so he was coached by Rick Pitino. Uh, so, you know, he was well coached. He's averaging 16.2 points. He was the Metro Atlantic, you know, player of the year. That That's a pretty good mid-major conference. And they've got – he's he's a uh, junior guard, 6'3", Zion Pullen. I think I'm saying his name right. Uh, He's a 6'4 guy from Cal Riverside who's averaging 15-plus. And then Tyree Samuel, he's a 6'10 sophomore. Um, And he's from Seton Hall, so played in the Big East, you know, high-level league. He's averaging 13. And then people may remember Riley Kugel, who was on the all-freshman team last year. He's a sophomore now. He's doing okay. He's averaging about 11 points. But last night – at Ole Miss, he only played four minutes and didn't score, and I was reading up some on the game, and uh, uh, Golden, you know, Todd Golden, the guy obviously got asked, hey, why did he only play four minutes? He said he just didn't think he had it. So what that means, I don't know. <laughs> but but he, he was 0 for 4, I think it was, or 0 for 0 for something in the game at Ole Miss, so maybe he felt like he just, I didn't get to see the game because they were playing the same time as the Arkansas game, but... So um, Florida is in some ways similar to Arkansas. A lot of portal guys high, came in with high expectations, not quite as high as Arkansas because they weren't ranked. And it's interesting dynamic. Eric Musselman and, and Todd and Golden are both West Coast guys, know each other pretty well. Eric, you actually mentioned after the game last night, he had talked to Todd Golden earlier this week. I don't think Eric talks to a whole lot of other SEC coaches <laughs> during the season um, unless you know they, they're, they're playing each other. So they're good friends and I'm sure have a lot of mutual respect. And so – but they, they both are desperate for a win.
0: Well, this time next week, whenever we're um, back here talking about the Razorbacks, uh, we'll have had that game, the Florida game, to talk about. And then they'll also have played Texas A&M. That's up for them on Tuesday. That's at Bud Walton Arena. Um, so we'll have that to talk about. But um, as for Ethan Westerman and Blake Sutton and Bob Holt, this has been the Basketball Podcast of America.